Back here on the Wheaton Watch for the final episode of the first semester, Monday, December 11th, and back here with another guest to start off the episode. I'm joined today by senior on the women's swim and dive team, Amelia Butler. Amelia, thanks for being with me today. No problem. Glad to be here. Uh, Ready to get right into it, but first, uh, tell everyone about where you're from to start off. Um, So I'm from New York City, Manhattan specifically. Grew up there my whole life. I've been swimming with uh, Asphalt Green and love the city and came here to Norton. Love Norton too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the change in that is crazy to think about for going from the biggest city in the world to a smallish town and a really small school. Um, What age did you first start swimming, if you can remember? Um, I think my dad put me in the water when I was about six months old, and I remember all the parents uh, at the pool complaining uh, from stories about my <laughs> yeah, uh, lips yeah. being purple, but that was the first time I was in the water. I think my first meet, I was five. Or was it like a club team? Um, yeah, club okay. team. So first race, I was five and been in it ever since. What was your club team in New York? Is there a lot of them, or is it just kind of one main one that most of the swimmers around New York City swim for? Um, there used to be a lot, but I think after COVID, it fizzled out yeah. quite a bit. There isn't too much pool space in New York City, specifically Manhattan. Um, so I started off most of my swimming career with uh, New York City Aquatic Club. It no longer exists. Yeah. Uh, that was led by Kevin Caroline. He was a great coach, uh, second father growing up. And then uh, after about 10 years on that team, I switched to Asphalt Green Unified Aquatics, or Agua, yep. um, on the Upper East Side of New York, and they have great facilities, super amazing program, um, so I swam there all of high school. Did, did your high school have a swim team too, or is it just club? No, I think only very few high schools have swim teams in New York, yeah, so. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. Um, <laughs> Pool space is hard yeah, to come by. Yeah, I could, oh my, I could imagine. Um, what, what kind of age did you realize that this is something you'd want to continue over and do at the collegiate level? Um, I think my whole life, I kind of knew I wanted to keep going with it. My uh, dad swam for Kenyon and he was a great breaststroker there, uh, top D3 school till this day. And, um, just wanted to make him proud and kind of fell in love with it like he did. So when did, um, like recruiting kind of come into the picture and we in, in particular? Um, I think it was early in my junior year of high school. Um, my aunt actually went to Wheaton okay. uh, and is friends with uh, former coach Barrett Roberts. So once I kind of learned more about the school and how supportive and amazing the Wheaton swim team is, uh, I knew it was going to be the place for me. So happy I made that decision. Yeah, it seemed like a really good decision. Um, now jump forward to when you're on campus, kind of what was the like collegiate environment for swim like? I know your first year wasn't a picture perfect year because of COVID, but what was the kind of biggest change going from club practices to now practicing at the collegiate level under a really good coach in Barrett? Yeah, so obviously my first year we were in cohorts as uh, a lot of the people from that year uh, remember, and it was barely swimming, but we got something in. Uh, But high school swimming no matter where you are, you're kind of doing just yardage and nothing's too specialized. And once you get to college, no matter who you are or what you swim, 
you get to do more of that specialized work. So I'm a sprinter, so I was able to do more of that. And every day I'm doing a sprint practice for the most part, as opposed to where I was swimming in high school. It was just the only goal was to get yardage in, um, which I definitely struggled with because that's not what I was doing. So it was a big change coming here, but only for the best. Especially you're just talking about how you specialize in a sprinter in the pool. So how did how did you kind of realize that was what you're best at when you're swimming? Um, I think that's also something I knew from pretty early on. Uh, more of the short bursts of energy versus just swimming for a long period of time at once. Um, I think also gaining muscle very early on uh, in my swim career. I was able to power through the water a lot more at a younger age. So being kind of in that 15 under, I was definitely uh, more jacked, as some may say, than most uh, 15 unders. But um, I think my ability and just like my natural body um, allowed me to be able to sprint more than uh, those distance events. So now, what's your favorite event during a meet, though? Is it the 50 or is it swimming like an anchor leg of the relay? Uh, well, I love the relays. I think there's yeah. nothing like it. It's a lot easier to swim for your team in that setting, especially when things are down to the wire, which I love um, and I've learned to love a lot more this year. Uh, so I definitely say anything in a relay I love, but um, the 50 used to be my favorite event, but it, I think now as I'm a little older, it's a little too stressful because the second you think about anything in that race, it's over. Yeah. So that's pretty easy to get in your head. So I've been definitely loving that 100 free a little bit more this year. Okay. I'm just I mean, they're putting all, it all in there. Yeah, I mean, all those are probably the three most exciting events in the pool just because <laughs> of how quick they are. And I mean, you'll take the 1,000. It's it's cool. Like, it's impressive how long it goes. But those, like the 50 and the relays are the really quick and exciting ones. Um, since you've been here, you've been a part of a pretty successful program. Um, two, well, last two years finished second in the new Mac behind really strong MIT teams. And then you guys have been in and out in the national rankings a lot for the top 25. Just how cool has it been to be a part of such a successful program so far? Uh, it's been amazing. I think nothing like it. Our team, I mean, we never really talk about our places too much and we try to not, uh, get, involved with that and I think it really shows that we all do this because we love it and we love our team and supporting each other and the places kind of just fall back after that um so I don't think without the mentality of doing it for what we love I don't think those successes could have been there like that um but it's great to acknowledge when they come about at the end of the season. So, yeah, so I mean, proud of everyone. I know I have, I have a different perspective you guys, as you guys. I'm always checking where you are in the top 25, mm-hmm. how you compare to other new MAC teams. But it, it's cool to watch you guys, the national recognition you've gotten over the last couple of years. Um, kind of a broad question now, but what's your favorite part of the collegiate swimming season? That's a hard one. Um... I mean, by the time we get to New Max, that's always really exciting. But I think, honestly, the process of the whole season in its entirety is just 
so amazing because you start off the season swimming's the whole year essentially so you're starting off with just practices in that september october range no meets really in sight so you're just training which is a little hard to get in that perspective but once we get into our dual meets like every single weekend um end of october november uh that's always exciting to get up and race other competitive teams and then we're here all of january uh training and that's definitely not the most fun but i think when the team really comes together which sets us up in a good position for battling it out at New Max in February. Well, you have a little bit of January incentive, though, for coming back, right? You guys going down to Florida again this year? Yeah. Uh, so we get here January 1st, I believe it is, our first practice. Uh, and <laughs> I could be wrong, but January 3rd, we leave for Florida, uh, and we're there for a week. Yeah, sure. Florida's going to be a great time for you guys down there. Um, you have a lot of meets when you come back. You're going to have your first home meet in almost two months. How cool is the atmosphere inside Balfour Natatorium for your home meets? And just how big of a key does that play to the results in the pool? Uh, I think the January meets are a lot about how gritty we can get within our races because we're doing double practices all of January, which we don't normally do in season. So it kind of changes how we race. So we're not really racing for times when we're here in January, obviously like touching the wall before the person next to us, but it's more about how we finish our races despite all the training that we're doing, which I think gears us up really well for when we're at that last day of our championship meets, especially at New Max when it's been a few days of really hard racing and you just need to dive down and get the grit through the rest of the yeah. races. And I think January and especially those meets really sets us up for that. Are you guys, I'm assuming, excited to finally have some home meets again come we, January after a long layoff? Yeah, we have some really good ones uh, set up right now. Um, we're racing Con College yeah. um, and Babson, I believe it is, together. Yeah, I think Trinity might also be in there at some yeah, point. Yeah. I don't so, know if that's February or not, but it's definitely – it's in the winter training (laughs) um and those are great teams and it's always really fun racing those and of course we have our senior meet um and those who don't go to new max um have their final championship race uh in january and february so that's always really excited to gear those guys up for that um and it's it's a good time despite the the hard training (laughs) yeah um i mean classes aren't going to be in session when you come back right away, obviously, but how hard is it as a um, student athlete, especially with a really busy swim schedule, because you guys do practice a lot, long, hard practices, um, how hard is it to balance academics with being in season? Um, It's definitely a challenge, like I think all athletes would say. Um, I know a lot of our team uh, does like having the schedule to like keep us going i know a lot of us once we're out of season we don't really know how to handle our academics um right away it takes a little bit of getting used to just because we're on a schedule since we get here uh in the fall semester so it does have its challenges especially during uh the final stretch that we're in right now but um 
I think we're all really supportive of each other and uh, we all help each other out with the academics side as well. Yeah, it's, um, it's challenging, but uh, you recently just won an academic award. Talk about uh, the competition you were just a part of for class that you got some national recognition for. Yeah, so um, I was in a digital marketing competition for uh, CeCe Chapman's digital marketing class where we had to come up with some ideas to pitch to this potential company that um, uh, Kat Foster, Anna Shaheen, um, both athletes for Wheaton Lions, um, Kat, fellow teammate of mine, Anna on the volleyball team, um, we worked together to come up with some ideas using um, AI features and Um, what was it AI and there was a lot tied into it. I mean I I don't know if anybody knows who's going to be listening to this I was in the class too I didn't make it this yeah. far you guys did some really good stuff got third in the country for it I didn't even come close to getting third in the class maybe so it was <laughs> um, really impressive to see you guys do that and I mean that's just impressive to do because Two out of the three of you were in season making that too. I mean, yeah. volleyball was playing too, so mm -hmm. late in the season. That's just really cool that you guys got that. That's got to be a great feeling. Yeah, it was amazing and uh, couldn't do it without C.C. Chapman for that. Yeah, C.C. Chapman's one of the best professors here, always really helpful and understanding of the many student athletes he has in his classes. Um, we'll go back to the pool now. I um, just how how special is the environment inside Balfour Auditorium to you guys while you're swimming? Because I mean, out of all the places that I've worked at games, I mean, it gets ridiculously loud in there. Yeah, I mean, you said it first. You're a mayhem in Balfour Auditorium <laughs> quote. We'll uh, never forget that. I think the wholesome team, um, no matter if you're a freshman or senior now, everyone's. Been saying that we got it on stickers, so thank you for that one. Yeah, but, who was the one that got the stickers? Who? Um, Allie McKendrick, shout out to her. Okay. Uh, I tried to give Walsh one. Um, I'm not sure if he still has it. But... No, I think uh, Wick thought it was trash on the <laughs> table. And she, I knew, I knew one was left for me. I was going there to pick it up right before me, and then I think Wick was coming through to set something up before one of the meets, and took it and threw it away because he thought it was just a piece of <laughs> trash or something, but it's okay. It was still cool they were made, but just go back to the environment in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think how you phrase that in the environment um, from when that quote was said, uh, there's nothing that compares to it in, I don't think, any sports environment. We just get so loud and everyone is simultaneously feeling the same passion about just screaming our heads off and support, supporting each other all because we just love it. And um, the fire that I think we all have under us during the meets is really what sets us aside from the rest of the team. It, the rest of the team's in the new Mac, but I think... 
you know, D3 swimming as a whole, I think that's something that makes us really special. And um, our team culture on deck is what gets us through. And one of the coolest things to notice is just how invested you guys into, are into it during the meets, not even when you're swimming, just cheering on your teammates from the sideline. Uh, last point here, just how pumped up are you for the rest of your senior season? I'm so excited. I think there's been a big mental shift this year for me. Obviously, new coach and being um, a senior on this team and watching the freshmen grow so much. Uh, shout out to my lifting partner, Grace. Um, she's really shown me uh, how the freshman year you really grow into what it means to be a Wheaton women, especially, um, but just the growth that you have once you join the Wheaton swim team and seeing that full circle moment of the freshman and then now being a senior, there's been a lot of reflecting, um, which has just made me love the sport even more, but especially this team culture that we have. So I'm going to be sad to leave it, but taking advantage of every moment, every race and just putting my heart and soul into the team. Yeah. And it's, it's made a difference. I think it's going to be a really fun second semester. I'm looking forward to it. I can't believe how much you guys would be looking forward to it. Uh, Amelia, that's all I got. Thank you for joining me today and good luck the rest of the way. Of course. Thanks Walsh. Amelia Butler from Wheaton Women's Swim and Dive. So that was obviously Amelia Butler from Wheaton Women's Swim and Dive. Uh, really glad to have her on the show for the first time. Great to sit down with her. So now, second portion of the episode, as always, we're going to highlight what's been going on in Wheaton College Athletics. Uh, we'll stick here with Swim and Dive on the men's side. Haven't had a lot of competition, but since the last time we've talked, they've had um, one meet. It was the main collegiate invitational. For that, the Wheaton men placed fifth, getting 292.5 points. They were just one, uh, the only team on both the men's and women's side that weren't schools from the state of Maine that was up at Colby College. So pretty good showing against um, a good amount of high-level competition up in Maine from the men. Sean Hill with a couple more school records. He swam great. Uh, a lot of other good performances. Just an all-around good weekend to end the first semester of competition for men's swim and dive up in Maine. On the women's side, pretty similar results. Um, obviously, same weekend, same time as the Maine Collegiate Invitational. And from what I've heard, this was a pretty long and grueling event. Um, sessions on Friday that start late at night after the uh, three and a half, four hour drive up there, and then double sessions on Saturday. So it really is a pretty big deal. The women also placed fifth. They grabbed 501 points. Um, the University of Maine, Orono, the Division One school, won it on both the men's and women's side. Um, next up for both teams, they'll have their Florida trip coming up, as you just heard about that, uh, on the post side of New, of New Year. And then after that, they'll be at Clark uh, Friday, January 12th, up in Worcester, and then um, a th Try meet at home between Babson and Connecticut College on January 13th. So a good amount of layoff here between the next time both of these teams will get back in the pool. Turn it over now to women's basketball. They sit at four and six to end the
the first semester of play. They'll have a couple games before New Year's, though. Um, last time we met, talked about them going to Williamstown, Mass, to square off in the Shooting Touch Women's Basketball Tournament. Not a great weekend out in Western Mass for the Wheaton woman that tournament. They went 0-2, 52-42 loss against the host Williams, and then the following day, a 79-56 loss against Middlebury College. So um, they're facing good competition. Those were tough games. They were also shorthanded and have been shorthanded throughout the whole year. Abby Fernandes led the way in the Williams game with 10. That was the 52-42 loss. And the next day after that Middlebury game, the 79-56 loss, uh, leading scorer was Nasha Arnold, who had nine points. Uh, got better after that, though. Following the tournament this past Thursday, they went up to Milton to face off against Curry College with a big 75-67 win on the road. A good bounce back one to snap a three-game losing streak. Um, leading scorer in that, Nasha Arnold again. Arnold had a career-high 17 going 8 of 13 from the field. Also pulled down six rebounds. Other players in double figures, Fernandes had 12, and then it was career highs for Emma Kiernan and Tatum Young. Kiernan, the senior, with 14, Young, the first year, with 10, and that all-around good balance to win against Curry. And then a tough one this Saturday. It was their first home game since the tip-off tournament back on November 10th and 11th, so their first home game in almost a month. That is crazy to think about. It was close in the first half, but then... The Bears of Bridgewater State pulled away in a second, an 86-65 win for Bridgewater on the road. Leading scorer in that game, Kiki Walters with 13, then Maddie Mueller and Emma Kiernan both had 12. It was a game that was a shootout in the first half, 48-45, but then it was all Bridgewater State in the second half to pull away with the win. So that's kind of does it for a little bit for this women's team. They won't play until after Christmas. When they face off at Gordon on Friday, December 29th, I know they'll be back on campus getting ready for that game on December 26th. And then one more game before the calendar flips to 2024, they'll head up to Boston to square off against UMass Boston on December 31st. Their first home game back, January 4th, against Plymouth State back inside Emerson Gymnasium. And last but not least, we'll take a look at how Wheaton men's basketball is doing right now, and they're doing pretty good. Six and three overall, and biggest key right here, they're 4-0 at home, which is phenomenal. They've won five of their last six to go into that streak. Um, last episode we had was the beginning of December, so after that, uh, talked about the LaSalle game. So now December 2nd, that was the Saturday, 73-51 win, commanding win over Bridgewater State as a big non-conference game to pick up for this team. Bridgewater State team that pressed from start to finish, but Wheaton had no problem with it. And the biggest story of that game was defense by far. That was a Bears team that came in averaging over 80 points per game, and Wheaton held them to 51, outscored them 35-20 in the second half. It was just amazing. What It was a great performance, and it was a balanced one across the board. Tristan Harry with 15, Owen Morrissey with 14, then Khaled Thaher with 12. Also in the mix, Dimitri Iafredi had nine. This team's clicking right now, and 
They've had a couple games since that Bridgewater game. One of them was a tough one, but a promising one. A 90-79 loss in overtime against Clark University. Clark outscored them 17-6 in the overtime period. In that game, Tristan Harry had his career high of 27 points, also in double figures. Ty Murphy with 14, Owen Morrissey with 11. But, I mean, to go on the road for your conference opener still early in the year and go to overtime with Clark, who was picked well ahead of Wheaton in the preseason poll, was great to see and really excited for them to build off of that. And they really showed how good of a team they are Saturday. And talking to preseason polls, this just shows you why preseason polls mean nothing. Uh, they played MIT this past Saturday. MIT was picked fifth in the preseason poll. Wheaton was picked seventh. And Wheaton beat them by 20, 76-56, the final from Emerson Gymnasium. Um, it was kind of a one-sided performance for MIT. The first year, Isaac Doby had a career-high 25, but Wheaton countered with Ty Murphy, a career-high 23 points for the junior end of Dedham. Right behind him, Dimitri Iafrady with 13. That's all Wheaton had for double figures, but uh, scoring throughout the board you had Tristan Harry with eight, Khaled Thaher with seven, Morrissey had four, Petabolano two, Kelleher had seven, Tari had five, Chris Ballone had four, Declan Radigan had three. That's just an absurd amount of guys in the box score for scoring, and that that's just going to get you a win every day of the week and a 20.1 over MIT in their conference opener. That's their first conference win. Next up, they'll have a long layoff. They won't play until 2024. They go on the road at Springfield to continue conference play. That's January 3rd. And then back-to-back games at home, they'll face Linden State of Vermont January 6th. And then um, a game to circle on your calendar if you're a Wheaton basketball fan. Salve Regina comes to Norton for the first time as members of the new Mac. That's January 9th, Tuesday. And Brian Wamsley's going to get a chance to coach against his son. That's going to be pretty cool to see. That does it here for the first semester of the Wheaton Watch. Um, Really good semester. A lot of good guests, a lot of good episodes. Appreciate you listening, and we'll have more on the way soon. But as always, thanks for being here on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you soon.